Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 979. My interview with Tina McDermott, discussing health, nutrition, and food. Enjoy. Tina, welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you, Lee? How are you? Going all right. Yeah, it's early morning here. I assume it's a bit later in the day for you. Evening. Yep, seven o'clock at night. It's all good, seven though. Seven o'clock at night. You had, you had uh, your evening meal? Yes, I have. I had dinner already. had a little bit of salmon, a little bit of zoodles, and I'm good to go. What's zoodles? Uh, zucchini noodles that I spiralized, and I put a little olive oil, a little balsamic vinegar, and a little bit of lemon juice and salt and pepper on them. And and zoodles. and walnuts. Yeah, okay. zoodles. You've never heard of zoodles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Zoodles with a bit of salmon sounds delish. So you're, you're all about nutrition and in the kitchen and doing things with the food and keeping a healthy life, yeah? Absolutely. That's what my life is all about, Lee. Absolutely. You've been doing it for some time too, huh? 20 years. I would even say 20 plus years. And every time I say it, Lee, I just get chills. I'm like, yes, it's what I've been doing and it's what I love. years. Yeah, so, and I'm only 25. You, so you do the math. Have you always been a foodie then? What was that? Have you have you always been a foodie? Have I always been a foodie? A foodie! Oh my gosh, you called me a foodie. Okay, I will admit I'm a foodie. I love food. What do you call it? You don't call yourself you know, a foodie? No, no, no. We we call them foodies, but you know, I always think foodies are people who are like 300 pounds or something, but no, I don't know why I think that. <laughs> um, yes, I love really good food, specifically chocolate. And yeah. people think that healthy food doesn't taste good. But let me tell you, healthy food tastes delicious because I can make chocolate for you in so many different ways and make it healthy. <laughs> really? Oh, like, yeah. Like, like pure chocolate? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh, like cocoa nibs or cocoa powder and make them into avocado brownies. Or today in my cooking class, I made a chocolate pudding with coconut milk, yeah, coconut cre- coconut cream and boiled coconut cream and eggs and cocoa powder and chocolate. I had an 85% chocolate bar, and I ground all of those together and made a delicious – oh, and some mint. I put some mint from my garden in there. Made a delicious mint chocolate pudding that is really good for you. So what have we got in there? we got coconut cream, mint from coconut? the garden, uh-huh. um, some cocoa, and some chocolate, 85% plus chocolate. And a pinch of salt. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget your sea salt in your chocolate, in any kind of chocolate, because it pops the flavor. And yeah, I just blended it all up. Well, of course, I heated up the coconut oil in order to. Oh, and eggs. I forgot four egg egg yolks. Oh, well, that's the, that's the yeah. thickening agent, isn't it? Yeah, just the, the full egg or the egg egg white. Egg well, yolk. no, no, just the yolk. Just the yolk because uh, it makes it nice and thick. You don't want the white in the pudding. And like a pudding or is it like a mousse? It sounds more mousse uh, to me. Okay, same, same. fine. Same, same. You got me. You got me. It's more <laughs> of a mousse. It's more of a mousse. So, you know, I've always... always I'm going to make that. Hmm. <laughs> I'll send you the recipe, Lee. You know, I've always, uh, for the most part, loved food. When I was a kid, I was anorexic up until the time at the age of 12. But, 
Yeah. You would always find me after that in the kitchen, cooking, learning how to cook for my mom, off the boat Italian. And uh, I had a sweet tooth growing up. So I was so always anorexic eating. until you're 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was anorexic yeah. when I was a kid. I you know, I used not eating to control my parents. You know, got to control them somehow. Oh, <laughs> so that was your tactic to get what you wanted sort of thing. Yeah. And when I look back, I believe that that was my tactic. Um, at the age of 12, I went to Italy with my grandma and came back 20 pounds heavier. heavier. Yeah, that, that was interesting. So, yeah. Well, how could I, you not in Italy? Well, I don't know. Actually, the Italians seem pretty, I don't know, generally pretty healthy. I mean, I went there and they ate this beautiful food, but um, they all uh, well, mostly seem in fairly good uh, condition. But the thing is, I fell in love with food. I fell mm. in love with eating. I fell in love with eating again when I went to Italy without my parents, right? Nobody yeah. to control. And yeah, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? There mm -hmm. you go. You control demon, eh? <laughs> I don't control people anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's in to control people. Um, no, that's yeah. cool. That's interesting. So you, you fell in love with food. And then what made you get into the nutritional side of things were you overweight at some stage or oh what a great question thank you lee well it, it kind of all uh, stems from that whole i was anorexic i came back from italy i did gain 20 pounds and i had two older sisters who would make fun of me yeah, right. i was i was third and my entire life has been about uh, you know you're fat you've got to lose weight meanwhile i was the perfect weight and I had a lot of anxiety. Come to find out I had Lyme disease, which caused a lot of this stuff. But anyhow, um, I, all I would want to do was get on the bike and ride my bike or exercise or be outside. And uh, so from there, I ended up guiding bike trips throughout Europe for many years. And then when I came back, I started working in health clubs as a personal trainer. And, and that just wasn't enough. I had a calling. I had a calling because, you see, just the personal training alone, people weren't losing weight. They were still training, but then they were eating. They weren't eating right. Mm. So I went back to school. all the time, huh? Oh, all the time. And, and, you see, losing weight doesn't happen at the gym. It happens in the kitchen. But, see, that's and where I, we're taught wrong. Like, you know, we, we grew up with that idea that, you know, as long as you, as long as you exercise and, and burn off calories and, you know, eat whatever you want, but all the stuff that we have in the – shelves of the supermarket and at the shops is mostly rubbish. I mean, we're getting better, I think, but I love that word rubbish. And yes, I agree. Most of it is rubbish. And and you know, so I went back to school and I got my um certification for as a nutritional consultant. I started writing my own nutrition programs because I didn't like the programs that other people came up with. I just didn't subscribe to any DIEs that are out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? diets the because who wants to die we want to live so i started writing my own workbooks i started creating my own weight loss groups and teaching this to my personal training clients and started working in corporations teaching courses on mm. nutrition and cooking classes on nutrition and then bam came the pandemic now everything is out of my house <laughs> all virtual <laughs> yeah yeah they, oh that would have taught you a whole bunch of new skills i guess you know, I was always uh, good in front of people speaking. That's always been a big thing for me. Uh, you know, almost easy, I should say. 
And the learning curve was you no, know, just a little bit of technology, but I had already been on Zoom for several Zoom for several years prior mm. to that. Mm. You know, the, 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 I would say there was a little bit of a learning curve, a little less than most people. Yeah, yeah. The um, so getting into to you know, to to food and nutrition. Now I I love food. I'm a foodie. Oh. Um, absolutely love it. Love getting in the kitchen. Um, I'm a right. I'm a chef by heart. Um, not by trade and um, you know that's really hard when you start reading you know books about nutrition and gut health and what we should and shouldn't eat it, it really makes you go oh what else you know how am I going to keep that passion alive and you know I have found ways to to create good food in the kitchen that's healthy I suppose but even then we have to sometimes question you know what's really that good for us and what's not and it's hard to decipher through all the information out there to know what is actually good and what's not. And I guess you find probably that, that challenge as well, but how do you decipher through all the information? Great question again, Lee, and and I'm going to simplify it for you and all of your listeners. Mm. I'm going to simplify it so that you don't get so caught up in everything that is going on, all of the different uh, books that are coming out, the diets that are coming out. Don't get caught up in all of that. Here's the simple way my philosophy on eating and my philosophy encompasses vegetarians, vegans, herbivores, carnivores, meatarians, pescatarians, you name it, and it encompasses you. And it's very, very, very simple. Hmm. Eat foods the way that Mother Nature have provided them for us. The more that man has manufactured or has processed our foods, the worse it is for us. So if you go back to Mother Nature, Mother Nature will show you that you should be eating foods that either walk, fly, swim, and or grow. So when you're looking at your meal plate and it came from a box from the freezer, how much of that came from Mother Nature and how much of that is chemicals? So five ingredients or less if you're doing packaged foods. Otherwise, Fill your plate up with as many colorful vegetables as you can. Eat the rainbow, as many colors as you can, and center your plate around vegetables. Now, I'm, I, I love meat. So a part of your plate, look at the size of the palm of your hand. That's how much protein you should have, whether it's fish or chicken or beef. Doesn't matter, or even beans if you are a vegetarian. But that's how much protein you should have on every plate. And a little bit of fat, one to two tablespoons of a very good fat on each in each of your meals, like avocado, mm. walnuts, olive oil, coconut oil, coconut butter, uh, seeds. I can go on and on about yeah. the fats. And that is simply, and if you look at your food and you go, oh, that came from the earth. That's what I need to eat or that came from a box or somebody put it in a freezer package for me full of 20,000 ingredients that I cannot pronounce, you you, you do the math there. Yeah. Look, I think that's a great rule. This, you know, anything that will pretty much eat things that aren't processed, you know, unless you process it yourself and knows, you know, what goes in it. Um, yeah. that's, a, that's a fairly good philosophy. But then I dig in deeper, you know, and, and what about – meat and how much is too much meat and is meat actually that bad for us because there's a lot of studies that suggesting that yeah perhaps it is and then i look into carbohydrates you know and and sugar um 
and and those three things in particular um, out of a already fairly unprocessed dinner plate those three things still come up and I'm just like oh well should they be there well I can answer some of your questions for you Mm, I I was a vegetarian for 10 years a very unhealthy vegetarian this was before I learned nutrition yeah and you know you can, you can be a healthy, non-healthy, you know, vegetarian yeah. or vegan. Exactly. It's very hard. You have to be very regimented to be a, a healthy vegetarian. And I personally have converted a lot of vegetarians to be pescatarians, which is good. So, Tini, sorry, you just cut out, but you were talking about, um, you know, you've, you've sort of introduced the pescatarian diet to a few of your friends. And I just wanted to clarify the pescatarian, that's, that's just fish, right? Yes, it's just fish. Yeah. Yes, it's just fish. And, and and there was something else that you wanted clarity on is how much protein should you eat or should you eat protein, uh, yes. the meat protein? Should you eat? And, and in my opinion, the answer is yes. I believe strongly that man was meant to eat a little bit of meat, not a ton, but a little bit of meat. And what I mean not a little bit is a roughly six ounces for men, four ounces for women at each meal, which mm. translates, if you want to go to grams, 15 grams for a woman, 20 grams for a, uh, for a guy. And that, that's not much really, is it? No, no, it's not much. If you look at the palm of your hand, that's how much it should be. And, and, and we are all created beautifully that everybody's palms are different sizes. And I look at that and I go, yeah, that is how much protein I need from my body. And in, in the protein that we eat, the animal protein that we eat, I bless the animals. I thank them. I go on rampages of appreciation for what they what they gave for me. And I make sure that it's uh, far, not farm-raised, but sustainable meat, like sustainable pork, sustainable fish, far, uh, the heck. Wild-caught fish. I couldn't get that out of my brain. Wild-caught yeah. fish, organic chicken, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, uh, and and happy chickens lay happy eggs. So if you think about chickens who get to free range and have a good time with their lives, then they are going to have the most nutritious eggs for you. Mm. So, yeah. So... I truly believe we're meant to be eating a little bit of meat, but we're also meant to be eating so much fruits and vegetables. Yeah. But even fruits, like, I mean, are we supposed to be eating that much fruit? Because, I mean, fruit's generally available all year round, whereas previously, you know, evolutionary-wise anyway, it wasn't, and we didn't really have that much abundance. Maybe seasonally, if we came across a tree, we we gorged. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of fructose and, and uh, you know, sugars in these fruits too. Wait. We gorged and we slept for a couple of days very happily. You know, we, we are hardwired for fat, salt, and sweet. We're hardwired for that sweet. And you have to answer, why are we hardwired for sweet, for that fruit? Because the fruit has certain phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals that you're not going to find as much in the vegetables. Now, can we eat mm-hmm. no veg- no fruit whatsoever? Absolutely. I have people who have... Uh, diseases and diabetes that I take them completely off of fruit and they do well. And then when we add it back, we just do the berries. We just do the lower glycemic index fruits. 
but you know, I'll see people that oh, I can't lose weight. Well, what are you eating? I'm eating pineapples and mangoes. And yeah, so you, you do need to keep the fruit to a minimum if you have dis-ease in your body. Mm. But you see, I'm also a cyclist and I need as much sugar as I can get when I'm riding, when I'm exercising. You see, so that sugar is a good sugar if you're going to use it right away. Mm. If you're just going to be sitting on your butt and not, I'm sorry, can I say butt? <laughs> <laughs> you just did twice. <laughs> I did it twice. <laughs> then, then, then you're not, your body's not going to be able to utilize that sugar and it's going to go right into fat storage because that's what your body is designed to do to put mm. it into fat storage if it's not used right away. So the, the, the long of the short of it, yes, I believe we're meant to be eating fruit at the right times and the right kinds. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And what about carbohydrates um, and then legumes as well, beans and legumes? Beans, okay, carbohydrates. Vegetables are carbohydrates. Fruits are carbohydrates. So I want to clarify that. But when we're talking about perhaps grains, is that where you're where you're going with that? Grains and beans? Is that where you're yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that grains and beans are wonderful foods when they are processed properly. When beans are soaked overnight and then sprouted, and then you eat those beans you will be able to, to absorb all of the nutrition because the, the soaking and sprouting uh, neutralizes the phytic acid in them that causes disruption in our digestive systems. So sprouting beans and eating them, phenomenal carbohydrates, especially if you're going to be exercising and if your body can handle them. If your body can't handle them, then don't eat them. Grains should be fermented and or sprouted. The, mm. Again, it neutralizes the phytic acid in them, uh, makes the nutrition more available for us, and then we can eat it. Again, it's still carbohydrates. So if you're going to be sitting all day long, should you be eating breads and grains? Probably not. But hey, if you're going to go on a hike, and you're going to be out all day long exercising, or if you're working the fields, or if you're out there hunting all day, like our distant ancestors were, and hunting and gathering, and 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 then you need those carbohydrates. But hey, if you're not, and you're sedentary, or you maybe exercise less than an hour a day, you mm. just might not need all of those carbohydrates. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So do we need to bring ourselves back to a, a level playing field so that we can then, because I, I imagine if, you know, if I started now and just said, okay, well, I'm going to go for a hike tomorrow, so I'm going to eat a, a whole bowl of grains or whatever, or eat some fruit and grains, that might not be the best play. Do we have to sort of detox first, or do you have a recommendation on how to bring us back to sort of a, a natural level before we start introducing other things again? Or is that not at all the idea? Well, you know, you brought up a couple of different things here. And uh, when people first start, like they, they want to clean out their body, yeah. then I don't do any kind of detoxification major program because, mm. you know, it, 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 remember I was anorexic. So when I first started really getting interested in nutrition and following uh, my, my one of my mentors, 
she started by saying, yes, we have to go on this fast for three days and drink this cayenne pepper and apple cider vinegar drink. And I looked at her like she had thousand eyes. And I said, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I cannot go without food. Do you understand the emotional aspects of that for me? Also, do I believe that we should fast a little bit here and there? Intermittent fasting is wonderful. But to go three days without eating, absolutely not. So when I start working with people, just starting to add the natural foods, your body will naturally detoxify. Okay, it'll naturally detoxify in a very easy way as opposed to jumping right into ice water. Okay, yeah, that's that's the, you know, starving for three days. No, no, we don't go down that road. And, 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 and if you want to just, you're going to go for a hike, not tomorrow, but the day after, yeah, I would suggest tomorrow that maybe tomorrow evening that you eat a little bit more fruit and during your hike, eat a little bit more fruit. I I always get dried dates and dried figs, even fresh apples. I take them on the hikes or my bike with me. That's the time I get to eat that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, no, no massive three day, no food binge, um, recommended. Now you said you, you, you believe intermittent fasting. Can you explain what that is and, and how that looks, you know, for, for a regular person? Intermittent fasting is you are going to eat within a six to eight hour period, eat whatever you want. I'm not, not really, I mean, still stick to whatever, eat fly, um, walk, flies, grows or swims, right? Natural yeah, foods. Yeah. But eat within a twelve, within a six to eight hour period. Yeah, so you six, can eat wow. between a six to eight hour period, right? So like maybe you, yeah, <laughs> most people do. So maybe you start eating your breakfast at ten o'clock. You eat your lunch at two. You eat your dinner at six, and then you're done. Don't eat anything else, because from six p.m. until ten a.m. the next morning, how many hours is that? That's 14 hours. Did I calculate 16, that right? Am 16 I hours. 16 hours? Yeah, that's 16 hours that your body is not busy digesting food. And when your body is not busy digesting food, then your body is busy healing itself. Isn't that beautiful? We have the innate ability to heal our own bodies. We just have to stop eating 24-7. People think you need to eat breakfast, you need to lunch, you need to eat dinner, you need to eat snacks. You always need to be putting food in your mouth. And the answer is stop eating all the time. Eat within Mm. a six to eight hour period and then allow your body to naturally detoxify itself. And it comes back to um, a state of alkalinity or a, a pH balance, I should say. And again, if you look at our ancient ancestors, they didn't eat all day long. They were hunting all day long, and then they came back at night and maybe had one meal a day some days. Some days they ate fruit all day long, right? Other days they had a little bit of plentiful foods, and they ate nuts and berries and, and maybe a little bit of meat. But most of the time there was fasting in between. Some days hmm. they went without food. Yeah. So what does your fasting look like? Like, what's your schedule? Mm. When I go on to, when I'm doing an intermittent fasting routine, uh, I wake up, I'll drink my water, and I'll drink more water. I always put a little Celtic sea salt in my water as well, so that it has a little bit of minerals in it. Uh, Because I have reverse osmosis water, and you want to put the minerals in the water, because it's the minerals that open up the cells that allow the hydration to happen. 
I'll have my water and then I'll have a cup of black decaffeinated organic coffee. Just enjoy my coffee through the morning. And then I'll eat my lunch. Uh, it depends on my hunger level. Sometimes at around 11, sometimes at one. It all depends also on how many class, you know, clients and webinars and cooking yeah. classes mm. I have. And then I'll eat dinner sometimes at six. And I have to tell you some days, if I'm going to go for a bike ride that night, I will eat dinner at eight o'clock. Some days I cheat and I go a little bit longer, but the days that I'm not doing a bike ride in the evening, I'll stop eating at six o'clock. So, mm. you know, I've got that six, seven hour window and yeah, that's what it looks like. Works pretty well. Yeah. And I think you get used to it. I'm, I'm doing that now as well. And I've only just, I've tried it before, but I've only just really started doing it again in the last couple of months um, where I won't eat from six at night until 11 o'clock the next day. Um, nice. Again, it just depends on the day um, because I don't really do too much. I swim most days and you know, do a bit of yoga mm. here and there, but um, not too much heavy activity. And um, I don't miss it either. Sometimes I feel a bit hungry in the morning, but I have a cup of tea or something and just get on with yeah. my tasks and it sort of goes away. Um, like most mm -hmm. things, I think if you if you're focusing on it and you're thinking about it, you just obsess over it. Um, but if you're busy doing other things and and focus your attention elsewhere, you can sort of let that let that go. Yeah. Um, yep. Harder with some things than others, of course. But um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, certainly. And there's something about the cells too that when you when you fast, your body starts to um, your cells start to sort of. I don't know, die off as well. The the weaker cells die off and you get new cells building up. And I don't yeah. know the, uh, the science of that, but do you know much about that? Well, uh, just a little bit, but it's this, it's the same thing. Your body is healing itself. It's correcting itself. Okay. Let me, that's a better terminology for mm. me is your body is constantly correcting itself and constantly in a constant state of, of, of getting rid of bad cells. The term is apoptosis. If you really want to know that, and that is getting rid of the bad cells and protecting the good cells. Mm. Okay. Your immune system goes, it, it's constantly, constantly looking at all of the trillions and trillions of cells we have in our body and detecting which ones are bad cells. Let's get rid of those. Which ones are good cells? Let's protect those. Or which ones are in danger? Let's go and protect those. Or maybe we need to get rid of them too. So it's constantly in that state. However, if you are constantly eating bad foods full of chemicals, full of sugars, full of carbohydrates, that processed carbohydrates, processed foods, mind you, then your body doesn't have the time to go in and heal itself and correct itself. Not the time, the energy, the energy mm. to go in and correct itself. Mm. So you are absolutely correct. Our body does heal its own cells. We heal ourselves. It's great, isn't it? And isn't it funny how when you have like a binge or something like that, um, I certainly notice after a night, um, if I'm on the on the beers with mates, I um, I crave all this rubbish food, like and and I get yeah. really hungry too. Isn't it quite quite impressive how our systems do that? Yeah, and is is that a night that you're drinking and stuff like that? Is that yeah, what you're like saying? if I have a big night with my buddies and you know. We go out and then you just, you want to eat those chips and burgers and whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's because it's a habit and that's what you've always done and that's what you will always do. Mm. That's what you've always done and that's what you will always do. Also, yeah, but I think whether... there's some science behind the cravings there too. Like when you, when your body's, um, it doesn't have the right 
uh, ingredients in it, it starts going, well, you need to eat something and, and it automatically goes for the things that it thinks it's going to be better for you, which it's obviously not. Yep, that is correct. Because you're and, and, and I liken it to you just finished a meal and you're still hungry. At least you think you're still hungry, right? And you go to the refrigerator and you're like, hmm, what else can I eat? And it's likely because the food that you ate was depleted of the nutrition that your body needs or your body's innately think, wanting some kind of nut- nutrient that you, you haven't been feeding it. So that's why you want to eat more. Also, Lee, remember, sugar begets sugar, whether it's processed uh, foods uh, that, turn into glu- that turn into glucose sugar in your body or actual sugar or even alcohol that turns into glucose in your body, it, it, it begets more sugar and more junk food. So the more sugar you eat, the more sugar your body's going to want because you're feeding the bad bacteria and then the bad bacteria in your gut going, hey, feed me, feed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's, um, and you know, what I've read something about, you know, the all the diet stuff out there these days because I see people, you know, that love their, their Coca-Cola. And um, they'll they'll go. Oh, I'm, I'm having the the no what do they call it? Diet Coca Cola or no sugar or zero? Pe- I think Pepsi. it's Coke zero, zero. Zero. There you go. Thank you. So those those drinks as well. And and I hear it's actually worse for you than drinking just a normal Coke. You, you're better off if you're going to drink Coke. Just drink normal Coke. You are so smart. The answer is absolutely. I don't know. Right. If I'm smart. I don't understand how it works. So maybe you no, can no. It. You're. You're very, very smart because you're better off with the sugar than the artificial sugars that are in those Coke Zeros or any other kind of drink that's trying to tell you that you should be drinking that uh, beverage that has artificial sugars in it. Because even the artificial sugars still spike your insulin. They still send all of those those calories right into fat storage. So if you're having your Diet Coke with a pizza, all of those calories of the pizza are going to go right into fat storage. It's that simple. Not only that, but many of the artificial sugars destroy brain cells, destroy cells in your body. And I can go on and on about that. So what um, you know, is it? Is it something about because if, if, if it does the same thing as the sugar does, the artificial sugar does the yeah. same thing as the sugar. But is there something about the artificial sugar that actually makes you want more of that particular zero thing drink or is it just a mindset that hey because it's zero i can have more of that i think it's both it's both there was a study done by purdue with mice and don't quote me on the exact pieces of the study but i know one group of mice were given regular water one group sugar water the other group artificial sugar water the regular water uh, after a couple of days they were given a brownie nobody touched it the sugar water mice or rats i don't remember now and they were given a brownie and, you know, they ate the brownie. They didn't eat the whole thing. They just kind of nibbled at it. The artificial sugar uh, mice or rats, I think it was mice. It was definitely mice. They mm. not only ate the entire brownie, they started fighting each other. Interesting. Yeah, you, you can. So look they had up. the artificial sugar water, and then they had a bit of normal sugar, and they actually got more significant cravings. Yeah, like they were lacking 
Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, they were rats. I'm looking it up. It's the artificial sweetener rat study. And it's from Purdue from 2004. Uh, Artificial sweetener may disrupt body's ability to count calories. Yeah. So you can look that Uh, up in Purdue news. And that's what the study was all about. That that the more artificial sugars that you eat, the more that you want to eat in general and doesn't make you a happy person. Inability to count calories. So that means you drink zero calories coke and you drink more of that but then you also want to eat more food too you got it that's crazy isn't it why don't people know we need to tell people about that though this boggles that's, my mind. that's Any- my goal in life lee that's my goal in life is to teach people as much as and many people as possible that you don't need those artificial sugars you, your body doesn't want them it, it's a it's a it's a health destroyer and you know I, we're, we're on this earthly for joy and and love and happiness and love of food is one of those things for me uh, obviously as you already pointed out i'm a foodie and in the artificial sweeteners i smell them a mile away they're they're just terrible and you don't want them you don't need them in your body heck you don't even need those sugary drinks the regular sugar drinks drink water drink tea drink if you have to have sugar put a little honey in there but the honey is still gonna spike your insulin yeah 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 there's just better ways to do things isn't there and i think that's where i guess the the companies get us and they they hook us in because Mm -hmm. um anyway we could go on for days but you've got a fantastic website obviously we didn't talk too much about your cooking but um you do (laughs) cooking classes and all that sort of stuff too so i'm going to stick the link in the um in the show notes so it's just tina mcdermott.com isn't it yep tina mcdermott.com and from there they can find find everything about you and click away yeah and if they want if they want i can i'm I'm happy to give them my free ebook Mm. it's called the joyful gut reboot guide and it's same thing tina mcdermott.com slash jg for the joyful gut joyful gut jg all right i'll stick that in the show notes yeah make Um, that make it super easy for people do you have any routines or rituals you believe contribute to your success? Yes. Love that. L- yes, I do. I wake up in the morning. I put one foot down. I say, thank. I put the other foot down and I say, you, and I'm thankful to be alive. I go to the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I put my cl- walking clothes on. I put my sneakers, my sneakers on. I put the dog's leashes on, my coat, my hat. And out the door we go when we go for a wonderful walk in this world every single morning. And yes, I believe that that contributes to my success and in my health, in my life, in my business, Mm. that every morning, no matter what, I'm grateful to be alive and I'm thankful for everything. I go on rampages of appreciation every morning. So thankful. That's good. I like that. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Keep going. Follow your dreams. Follow your gut instincts. When you feel that pull, you follow it. Follow yeah. it. Because yeah. I knew that I should be into nutrition when, it, when I was in my 20s. And just follow your instincts. And just dare to dream and follow your dreams. What or how do you define success? You wake up happy every day. Yeah, 
Cool. Like, yeah, I know. It's very simple. Success to me is not numbers in the bank. Success to me is how happy are you in your life? How much joy do you have in your life? Because I truly believe we're on this earth for joy and love. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What activity gives you the greatest sense of joy? Oh, mountain biking. <laughs> I love mountain biking. I hoot and I holler and I have and I grunt and I just love it. I I do road cycling as well. And 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 I can tell you, I, I can honestly tell you there's a just a little bit not more notch of joy in my mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like the idea of mountain biking. What um, if I was to serve you your last meal? Here we go. This is a good question for a foodie. What <laughs> would you request? <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're going to, uh, whatever. I'm going to request a um, chocolate, definitely chocolate, probably a chocolate mousse, I don't know, or a brownie. And I'm going to request r- uh, pork ribs. I absolutely love pork ribs. Make <laughs> mm. my yep. mouth water. Uh-huh. And a kombucha, because I love kombucha, uh, the fermented tea. Nice one. Do you have a favorite book that you'd recommend to someone to read? Oh, yeah. It's called The Big Leap by Gay Hedricks. The okay. Big Leap by Gay Hedricks. Have you, if you've not read that book, I recommend it to everybody because he really, truly, I've, I've listened to it seven or eight times, and I've also read the book, and, and it really helps you hone in with your genius zone and follow your genius follow your genius. And my genius is teaching people nutrition while I'm cooking in my kitchen. That's my genius. And it's just amazing. I love gay, uh, gay Hedricks and the gene, the, the, the big leap. Leap. Yeah, put that in the show notes guys. And um, to leave the audience that's listening today with a quote, phrase or message, do you have one word of advice? Dare to dream. And, oh my gosh, I, ha- I, I used to say this a million times, and now it's not coming to me. It's, um, but, you know, back to what I would say to my 20-year-old self. Mm. Follow your dreams. And dare to dream and follow your dreams. Yeah, just dare to dream and follow your dreams. And, nice. and just catch on, you know, and this is a good one. Catch on fire with enthusiasm for what you are passionate about and the world will catch on fire with you. Mm. I like it. So guys listening out there, I hope you've enjoyed this episode on the Hidden Wire podcast with Tina McDermott, episode 979. Links will be in the show notes. Tina, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much. Namaste. Check it out, guys. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. 
You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Martin Lutzi. until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon